Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. How about some gospel good news? I can't tell you how many times that I've remembered my past sins and have felt this obsessive, compulsive need to confess my sins again or to write every detail down so that I make sure I got it right or to confess it to someone close to me even if I've already confessed it. Yeah, I'm weird, but I'm just being honest. Or I remember sins that I've never told others about, and I feel this compulsion to tell all. Now, don't get me wrong. There's healing in confessing our sins to each other. And the Word says it. So that's important. But I think what I'm describing above is my own puny efforts to try to clean myself up. I feel dirty, and I feel like I need to do something Mm -hmm. to make myself clean. That's why I love Hebrews 9.14 so much. The blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives, inside and out. Through the Spirit, Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from all those dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable so that we can live all out for God. That's from Eugene Peterson's The Message. In the NIV, it's, How much more will the blood of Christ, who offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we can serve the living God? Mm. So both of those are good. Yep. So the blood of Jesus cleans me and you inside out. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the sacrifice for sin to end all sacrifices. So that we don't have to try to add something to that or make up for its lack. There's no lack in the sacrifice of Jesus. And if I rest in Jesus, if I cling to him, if I trust in him, if I fall on him, if I throw myself into him every single day, He frees me, and I found this. He frees me from my obsessive, compulsive drive to clean myself up. And I think think this is a human problem. It looks different for every other person, but there's this sense of there's something wrong in us, and so we're doing stuff. We're doing stuff. We're throwing ourselves into things. We're doing things to try to get rid of that feeling, to get rid of that, you know, that that dirt that we know that is there. I think it'd be so cool if there was a magic bullet, if there was something that we could do one time and then we would never have to deal with what we're dealing with again, whether that's guilt and shame or that's, you know, I don't know, habitual sin or um, I don't know, fill in the blank, whatever it is for you that you obsess about, whatever that is, we want the magic bullet. Like if there's got to be a breakthrough, a, a something that will turn this thing around. But I got to tell you, in my own life, what I have found is it's not a one-time situation. It's, it's a real-time situation. So every time the guilt comes up, every time I feel shame, every time I am tempted by that habitual sin, it's turning to God in that moment and saying, here I am again. I'm not going to beat myself up over it, but I'm dealing with it right now. And I know that you're right here right now. So help me in this moment to know what to do in this moment with this thing that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm not saying that there aren't greater things that we can do that help us to process those things Mm -hmm. that we obsess about. But I just feel like God has, in my own life, trained me to just keep him close so that real time when this stuff shows up, I can go to him with it and he can train me in the moment what to do with it. And the more I do that, like the more moments there are like that, I start to feel more and more free. Well, it's a chance to, you know, for me, like I feel this compulsion, this need to, oh, I got to confess it. I've got to share it. I've got to mm-hmm. get it off my chest. I've got to write it all down. You know, for me, instead of that, it's it's a chance to just revisit what Jesus has done yeah, for me. that's it. That he has paid it all. You know, so it's turning something that could take me down a dark path and lead me into more despair. It's turning that into a way to grow spiritually by, right. and Stephen Arterburn talked about this yesterday, that we turn it into something where we can grow spiritually. And for me, it's, you know, this obsessive compulsive thing is just for me, another chance to relive the gospel mm-hmm. and, and to know the, the wonder of his love. And I want to know more and more and more of it. Yeah. Cause I do, I do believe the enemy can use things like that to, um, to beat us down. I mean, I, I think about times in my own life where I have been self abusive about my decisions and choices that I've made, where I've just tormented myself by reliving it and making myself feel shame over and over and over and over and over again. You're trying to pay for your sin. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, you know, there's a, there's a penance, something that's gotta, you know, and the good news of the scripture in Hebrews is, yeah, that, that Jesus has taken care of that and we can reshift, we can refocus from thinking about ourselves mm. to thinking about Jesus and, and what he did. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to Hebrews nine fourteen again. And Holy Spirit, let it go deep in me and Shauna and Ben and Scott and, and you listening. The blood of Christ, the blood of Jesus alone cleans up our whole lives inside and out through the Spirit. Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from all those dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable so that we can live all out and full-on for God. We love to go deep here on Perry and Shauna Mornings and, you know, not just skim the surface of our relationship with the Lord, but, like, talk about, like, real things when it comes to walking with Jesus. And so we've been kind of mulling through these pretty deep questions that came up for you, Perry. You brought them up on Monday. Before you get into the questions, I want to mention about my daughter, Kaylee, Kaylee Joy. It's like she she goes deep immediately with, with everybody, but with me. And, you know, so a Kaylee talk is not, is never five minutes. Mm-hmm. A Kaylee talk is is 30 minutes is really short. Mm-hmm. An hour is, you know, okay, but two hours is better. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So that's the way. That's I the love way. Kaylee. Yeah. We got to get her back on the show. But anyway, back to these questions. Yeah. So there's just three questions that, that Perry's brother brought up and mm-hmm. we've kind of been mulling them around. What are the three questions again, Perry? Yeah. What fires you up? What breaks your heart? What can't you shut up about? Yeah. So you mentioned these on Monday and I've been thinking through them and I want to just talk about the what breaks your heart part for a minute. So this took just a little bit of 
kind of deep thinking because these are deep questions. They don't just immediately have answers. Maybe you do. Maybe you know right away what the answer is. Um, But for me, I just took some thinking. And here's what I came up with. What breaks my heart is people who are religious, but they don't actually know Jesus, meaning they just, they don't have a friendship with God. And I'm not coming at this from a judgmental place at all. This is what breaks my heart. This is what puts a pit in my stomach and makes me go, God, how do you want me to partner with you in making this different? You know, people who um, know about God instead of experientially knowing God, they know he exists. You know, he's the guy that they go to when something goes wrong. They believe there's a great big God who's in charge of stuff, but they're missing out on the the everyday life of being in com- in God's company and enjoying him. And I think this breaks my heart because there's so much more to being a Christian than just knowing that there is a God that you can go to when you need him, if you want to. It, that's a real transactional relationship. And I kind of, it makes me think of like, a, oh, I don't know, like a, like a teenager with a smug attitude who only goes to dad when they want cash, that doesn't want to sit and talk about have the talks that you were talking about that you have with Kaylee, right? The heart talks, like what's going on with you really? Like, you know what? Just give me the money and I'm out. (laughs) Sometimes we settle for so much less of a relationship with God than what he wants for us. And sometimes we don't know any different. Right. We think that's what it is. I mean, that's, this was my parents. My dad was a, a very devout Catholic. My mom was a, a devout Lutheran when they were really young. And, and they were young and married and we were little kids and, but it wasn't a relationship for my dad. It was about, I got to really, I got to work hard. I got to go through all of the, the steps in order to get God to love me. I got to do all the religious things to get God to love me. Now, I, I think my mom understood that it, it's more of a relationship, but she experienced the Holy Spirit when she was a kid and, you know, giving her life to Jesus, but as a young woman, you know, it wasn't really, she didn't, she hadn't experienced the, the, she hadn't experienced God mm-hmm. as an adult. Right. And so they both did, you know, and, and the book that they both read that made them come alive to Jesus, this wasn't like the silver bullet, but this God used this study on Romans, how to be a Christian without being religious mm. to awaken them to the Holy Spirit, to God's love, to grace, to every day breathing in grace and breathing out praise relationship. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's re- how to be religious. What was the name of the book again? How to be a Christian without being religious. How to be a Christian without being religious. And I think, you know, if I were to answer that question, how to be a Christian without being religious, it's being in relationship. That is the answer. It's it's drawing close to God and knowing that he loves you and he wants to be close with you. Like he wants to have this intimate friendship with you. And that requires us being vulnerable with him. And it's just, we have this opportunity to do everyday life, real time with God. And I'm not even talking just about like your scheduled prayer time where like, yep, at nine o'clock from nine to nine 30, I'm going to pull away and I'm going to sit and do devotions. I'm talking about just ongoing, constant relationship with him throughout the day, whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Here's an example of what it has looked like in my own life, just in the last like 48 hours. So I've been super intentional about practicing the presence of God. This is on me, you know, as I stepped into 2023, just again, 
int- being intentional about knowing that God is right here, right now. And just a little something about me. I uh, The other day I got mad and I don't like to be angry and I don't usually give myself permission to be angry. What it usually looks like for me is um, kind of trying to dismiss it or, you know, I take a deep breath and I might just try to think about the next thing and just get it off my mind. But the other day I was really, really angry and I was talking to God about it. And this is kind of what my conversation with him sounded like at that time. I was like, Lord, please help me to calm down. It's not a big deal. You're right here. You know everything about everything. Just help me to move on. And then I was like, you know what, God? I'm actually really mad. I just started getting really vulnerable with him. And like my prayer shifted from help me to just stuff this really good. That's basically what I was saying to I'm going to acknowledge how I'm feeling right now. And I was like, I'm mad. And I think the way that, you know, so-and-so responded to this situation was crummy. And it really made me feel angry. Did the world, did the earth, the actual earth around you start shaking? Yeah, I think it did. I think it was moving underneath my feet. I am angry. It was like that. Like when you see in the cartoons, (laughs) the smoke coming out the ears and the the whistle blows and all that. Way to go, Shauna. I mean, I wasn't slamming doors and stuff like that. I was just getting honest with the Lord. So let's not turn this into something it wasn't. But uh, yeah, I did. I got really vulnerable with him, which allowed me to say to him, Instead of dismissing it, it allowed me to say, why do I feel what I'm feeling? Why am I so mad? What's going on, Lord? And then he started to show me, you know, it's like I'm having this conversation with God about my real-time feelings. He's like, here's why, Shauna, you're getting real emotional and worked up about this situation that, you know, is not so much a big deal. And it was so much more helpful to just talk it through with him and to process my emotions with him than to ask him to help me to pretend that they weren't there and just try to carry on. Because you know how that goes. If you don't deal with what you're feeling, you're just putting it away. If you don't deal with it when you choose to, you're just putting it away for it to show up whenever it wants to and do its thing. Yeah, and to come out in a way you don't want it to come out. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's just one example of what it looks like to kind of walk out your days in friendship with God. But that's what it looked like for me the last couple of days. But the reality is he loves you. And he likes you. He enjoys your company. He really does. So it breaks my heart that some people only know a religious God and they don't, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, lots and lots of people don't really know God. People that are sitting around you at church on Sunday morning, people that are a part of your Bible study, they have a religion and they don't have a relationship with God. And this breaks my heart. So here's a question for us this morning. How can we help others to really, really know God? What is it going to look like for you and me to own this and to step into it and to partner with God and bringing people into a relationship with him? Mm. I think it's having the heart that you have, you know, that you're sharing right now. It breaks my heart that people don't know Jesus. And if, if you, if it seems like, man, I don't, I don't know if I have a relationship with the Lord, then just don't complicate it. Just say, God, would you show yourself to me? Would you reveal yourself to me? Would you make yourself known to me? Because I want to know you. That is such a great song. Mm -hmm. Hillary Scott, I will. That came out of her experience of of having lost a child through miscarriage. Mm, I didn't know that. Yep. 
now I want to listen to it again. Yeah. It really, oh my goodness, like it, that is a trust level with the Lord. When you come to the place where you see, when you say thy will be done and Mm -hmm. you're experiencing the will of God being very, very different from your own will in that moment. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, we could get into a conversation about all the things at this time of, you know, I'm not saying it's God's will that your baby doesn't make it. That is not what I'm saying at all. Right. That God is present with us and carries us through all that stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's worth listening to again. If you've been through life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Life hits you. Yeah. Things are always, I mean, that's the battle of life and, and a life surrendered to Jesus is that we're constantly battling what we want <laughs> and the outcomes that we want versus what we're experiencing. And then, you know, Lord, be with us through it all. And how the, you know, the fallen world hits us. It doesn't skip you because right. you're a believer. Right. You know, you're still left with why. I know we're just like going into a whole bit of content here, but I feel like. Let's stay with I, it. I wonder if that, if the reason for that, and it's, I'm sure there's lots of reasons, lots of reasons. It's not just one, but one of the reasons is the hardest things that we go through in life. They do press us into the heart of God because when things are so far out of our control. Yeah. You know, we realize that we're not God <laughs> probably for the first time. We're like, oh, I wasn't going to have it go that way. And so we, we lean into God even further, but the fact that we're not kind of skipped over that we experience the things of life that everybody else experiences also gives us testimony with people who don't know Jesus mm-hmm. when we go through the hard stuff. Yeah. For me, I'm just going to repeat what I've said a lot of times is that the hard things keep on bringing me to the end of myself and all the ways I'm trying to control my life. Mm-hmm. And they bring me to the beginning of God. Yeah. End of myself, beginning of God. You know, Paul said, you know, I had this thorn in my flesh. I had this really hard thing that I didn't want. And I just cried out to Jesus to take it away from me. But he said, Jesus didn't even say no. He just said, my grace is enough for you, Paul, Mm -hmm. for my power will be given to you with your weakness. Yeah. Now, sometimes God does miracles, but when he doesn't, it's good to know that Jesus is going to give us what we need to get through it. Right. And we live in the tension of that all the time, continually asking for the miracle and then celebrating the miracle that God walks us through while we don't get the miracle. (laughs) And when we don't get the miracle, how God redeems that into a way to encourage others who aren't getting their miracle. Right. I know. God just works all things together for the good, even the hardest, most heart-wrenching things. We could keep this like real surfacey and just kind of, you know, just kind of stay on that upper level. But you know, we're not gonna, (laughs) you know, that's not who we are. So earlier this week, Perry was sharing, I think it was on Monday, he was talking about some questions that his brother had asked and was kind of processing these deep questions that kind of help you to understand your own heart a little bit. And we don't often spend a lot of time asking ourselves the deeper questions, But these really get to the heart of who we are, I think. And there were three questions. What are the three questions, Perry, that your brother asked you? Okay, what fires you up? What breaks your heart? And what can't you shut up about? So what fires me up is is Michigan football. What breaks my (laughs) heart is that Michigan lost. And what I can't shut up about is how good we're going to be next season. 
It's all Michigan all the time. Yeah. So you see, see how these questions really take go deep. deep. Yeah, Perry. Thank you for <laughs> you know doing the inner work yeah. to come up with those answers. Yeah, it took me That's a while to get there. Really, something. Yeah. So anyway, you brought these questions up, and I can't say that I had like an immediate response to them, but they didn't leave me alone. I kept thinking about these questions, and I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to find out my own answers. And uh, got, Perry did share from the heart on Monday what those deep answers were. Yep. But I just wanted to talk about the one, you know, what you can't shut up about. <laughs> Lots of answers for me on this one. <laughs> so The gift of what? <laughs> the gift of gab. Okay. I have the gift of gab. But um, really, when I thought of this through, what can I not stop talking about or what can I not shut up about? It's what God's doing in my life right now. And that's always true. So there's always something to share, right? And I just can't not talk about what I'm learning. I can't. Think about this for just a minute. Let me explain to you why I can't be quiet about it. The God of the universe is actively involved in the details of your life, like right now. I mean, doesn't that just blow your mind? I mean, he's God. Just to put this into perspective, at this very moment, there are creatures like we have never seen before praising God. Day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. It just repeats over and over because he's so worthy of praise because he's so awesome. This is happening right now, real time, which makes me think, you know, Psalm 8, 4, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? I mean, seriously, who am I? Who am I that God even knows who I am, much less cares about me? cares about the details of my life, not only knows, cares, like is actively involved in what's going on in my life, has this ongoing, he and I are constantly in communication with each other. We're talking all day long. And in my moments, he's saying, here's what I want you to do right now. Or, you know, think about that for a minute or stop. Don't say that. You're going to regret that. I mean, just constantly active in my life. This is mind blowing. Isaiah 49 says, can a mother forget about the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she's born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. You may see God as a, as an angry despot, you know, an angry deity yeah. who just is disgusted with you and, and so upset about, you know, all the junk in your life. And man, it's just, God is other. He's other than that. And it's a beautiful other than that. Yeah. I mean, he sees you. The, just the fact that he's aware of us is the awesomeness of God. He sees you and he's not mad at you. You know, he's not even indifferent towards you. It's not like he doesn't have an emotional reaction to you. He does. He loves you and he cares about you and he thinks about you and he wants what's best for you. I mean, his face lights up when you say, dear Lord, and it's like walking into the throne room and he's just like, ah, there he is. There she is. He's absolutely crazy about you. I mean, the most powerful being that ever has been and ever will be the eternal God who spoke creation into being just wants to be your best friend, you know? just wants to spend time with you, wants to sit with you over a cup of coffee and 
just kind of let you know what's on his mind through scripture, through prayer. Yeah, I can't shut up about how great that is. And don't stop. I can't. I just can't stop talking about what God's doing in my life and what he's teaching me. And it's just such an incredible thing to be in relationship with the God of the universe, like intimately. It's awesome. I can't shut up and related to this, I can't shut up about just this simple but powerful life-changing truth that that Father, Father God, Abba Father loves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't love me because of my performance. He loves me because that's who he is. And man, I just want that to keep going deeper into my life because that's profound. It, that simple thing is profound. If it goes deeper, it's going to produce, I don't know what all it's going to produce if it keeps going deeper. And see, I feel like I get so just geeked about this conversation because even as you share that, Perry, that's a part of the Father's heart that I need to know. And it comes through your heart. It comes through your life. Mm. And there's, you know, God wanting to be intimately connected with us. That is a part of the Father's heart that somebody else needs to hear. And you have one. Like how you answer this question, what can you not stop talking about? What can't you shut up about? Like, What that surfaces in you is something that other people need to hear. I ended up last year completely worn out and exhausted. And the thought on my mind was, I need to reimagine my life Mm. and the way that I partner with Jesus in his mission of love. I had three weeks to be healed of busyness, to be quiet, and to listen. And this is something I heard from God, Isaiah 30, 19 to 21, how gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And here are three things that Jesus has shown me from this passage. That first, he is so eager to show me and you the best path for our lives. Verse 19, how gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Mm -hmm. He's eager. And then he brings us through adversity and affliction to get us to the place where we really are listening. Verse 20, although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. And you know, last year there just was, there was hardship. There was adversity. Life is hard. I mean, stuff happens just right. It doesn't have to be anything like a cancer diagnosis. Although, you know, my daughter-in-law Bree was diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. And she recovered, but for the first, well, most most of last year, it was about that. Mm-hmm. And then there there was just a lot of, just a lot of busyness, a lot of good things that I was involved in, but just, it took so much energy. And then, you know, I, you know, I recorded some songs and just all of that. And then the first part of the year, uh, a medicine was making me feel depressed and I was working through that, trying to figure that out. And so adversity, affliction, but God was working through it, mm-hmm. you know, to get me to 
to hear from him, to really hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And I, here's the thing. I love that, um, that God is real time with us. The hard things cause us to lean in and to listen to what God is saying, but he is real time with us. And I'm, I love a plan. I would love like a scope and sequence, like, okay, here's Shauna. This is how it's going to go down. This is the outline. A, and then, you know, subs, one, Mm -hmm, two, mm -hmm, three, mm -hmm. and then B, one, two, three, and then C, you know, just like lay it out for me. Footnotes. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And never, never, ever, ever have I gotten that from the Lord. He reveals the next step, you know, and then my obedience to what he revealed unlocks the next step. Yeah. And then my obedience to that unlocks the next step because I, I think that God knows if he were to just give it to me, I would just take it and run like, Oh, I've got the plan. Yeah. And the, he wants more than anything for us to stay intimately connected to him, not to just run off and do our thing. So he gives us what we need real time. Yep. We're talking about Isaiah 30, 19 to 21. Something God just really put in my heart over three weeks off the end of last year, how gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of afflictions, your your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And the last thing that, that the Lord just really impressed in me through this passage is that, you know, along the lines of what you just shared, Shauna, that the Holy Spirit gives us light for the next step. He doesn't give the blueprint. He gives us a real-time GPS. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So I'm not sure what God wants me to focus on this year. I didn't get the blueprint Mm -hmm. during my three weeks. I'm not sure how I'm going to get the margin I need for my busy life. I don't have the blueprint for my reimagined life and ministry, but I have a promise that I am deeply, deeply trusting, and I hope that you can take hold of this for yourself. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.